All right. Welcome back to Soul and Soul. I'm Sangmin. And I am Jesse. Uh, this week we are covering, I mean, we're not covering extensively, I guess, being queer, but we're talking to the queers out there. So hello. Happy Pride Month. Um, happy Pride Month. Yeah. Pride is probably my favorite thing that doesn't happen in July. <laughs> you know, it's like, I guess technically still cancer season, so I allow it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And all of you queers that make fun of cancer, it's like. Pride is in cancer season. <laughs> Just saying. We celebrate us during the time mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so today we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the history of Pride, um, a little bit of things about the queer community. If this is your first, I don't know, podcast where you've heard about it, or maybe you know queer people, but you don't necessarily um, know the intricacies of queerness. You know, um, you kind of put your foot in your mouth. You know, you don't know the difference between gender or sexuality. Um, you're like, what are pronouns? We'll talk about those kind of things today. Um, so in addition to you guys hearing me blabber about that kind of stuff, we're also going to have a couple of our our friends come through. And I'm going to ask them some questions. Um, our queer friends at that, by the way. And I'll ask some questions. We'll get to that segment later in the show. Awesome. So, yes, let's start with the history. Oh, man. Pride is great Um, in that (laughs) I, one, am biased because now that I live in New York, I'm really excited that, like, the Pride protest started in New York City. Um, mm-hmm. If you are in New York City and you haven't been to Stonewall Inn, I don't know what the hell you're doing, and you should go there post-haste. Um, Stonewall Inn is really cool. Um, they do have, like, tours and things like that that happen in the, you know, in the daytime, things like that. Um, so you can get your history fill if that's what you want. But if you, like me, are going to Stonewall to find your next boo, that is also available because it is still a bar. Um, It's one of the few bars in New York City that I feel really comfortable at at, as a lesbian, even though it's not a specific bar catered towards women. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a a really cool bar. I, I love it. It's got a lot of history. Just like even walking into the space, you can kind of feel it. Um. But the Pride protest really started, the Pride march started because a black trans woman threw a brick, you know. Um, and I always love, 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 love to tell non-black queer people about that because I, you know, you can't really have civil rights without black people. It doesn't matter what the civil rights are, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have black people in it, you're probably shit out of luck, right? Um it's a unfortunate now that Pride looks a little bit like it does. You know, Pride is very much whitewashed now. Pride is absolutely commercialized. Like, mm-hmm. if I see another Svetka rainbow bottle, I might scream. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep, <laughs> like, yep. Like, I'm like, all right. Um, and, you know, Pride has been invaded by the streets. It's, you know, mm-hmm. I... I, I there's lots of things about Pride today that are not are not really don't really go with what Pride started as, right? Um, so the Stonewall riots, 
news. Happens on June twenty eighth, um, which is why Pride is usually like that Sunday, that last Sunday in June. Um, so you know, in a couple of days, you guys will be in the thick of Pride, which is like wonderful. Um, it's like gay candy land, you know. You're just like gay wow. candy land. You're just like there's so much gay shit here. I love it. You love to see it. Um, so I definitely want to make sure that we get our verbiage right here. And when I say it right, I mean it right, right? So a lot of queer people here in America absolutely did get their rights, the rights that we do have today because of this right. Um, so, you know, we talked about this earlier in the podcast. I have no problem with people starting riots, you know, like sometimes riots are necessary to make change, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so Stonewall is no different. It starts in response to a police raid. Um, this happens in like 1969. So obviously there are bars like Stonewall, but being queer is not necessarily something that is widely accepted at this point. Um, uh. not necessarily widely accepted today, depending on where you fall in the queer spectrum, but some are, some people are more palatable than others. Right. Um, and so, you know, Marsha P. Johnson, um, if you don't know her, there's a really wonderful podcast or not podcast. I'm sure there's a podcast, but there's a really wonderful documentary on Netflix, um, mm-hmm. that I love. Um, and I watched it with my students in the queer club that I lead. And it's like, it basically goes into a lot about what happened on that night, but also just like the ramifications for Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera after um, afterwards. And what really ends up happening to Marsha P. Johnson is she's like murdered and she, her death is never investigated, you know? The, the documentary actually goes and follows um, a queer person, I forget what the person's name is at this point, who is investigating the death again um, and works mm-hmm. for this works for a nonprofit organization and is really just trying to figure out what happened to the friend. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was a really eye opening watch for me um, because you can be queer and you'll still still like I'm queer but I'll never really understand um a trans person struggle right Right. in the same way that like white people don't understand mine and like cis men definitely don't understand mine um so it's interesting to watch and is very much like very like it's a very well done and gripping uh documentary like I remember the kids and I we, we started watching it and then like we should have ended club because the movie is like two hours, two and a half hours long. And we uh-huh. meet for like an hour, hour and a half. And then we yeah. watch the entire thing because like, we were all just like glued to our, stri- our screens. Mm. Yeah. So it, it's, um, I highly recommend watching it. They've got, um, footage from Sylvia Rivera as well. Um, mm. and that's great. Um, mm. like just, watching her move it's also really heartbreaking because Sylvia Rivera dies homeless um yeah very much so uh so you know I think a lot of the times when I think about pride being the way it is today I think it's just such a disservice on the memory of these two women um because you know 
they never got to reap any of the benefits like mm-hmm. in the way that we would I would I personally would want them to right like mm-hmm. I would have loved for them to have gotten their flowers while they were still alive yeah. you know for them to be exalted as the heroes that we know them to be while they were still here um but barring that that's what we can do today right um I always think about Stonewall as like why that night right mm-hmm. like why out of all of the police raids was that the night where people were just like I'd had a fucking enough, right? Like I'm just, mm. I'm just sick of that shit, um, and I'm just going to like, I don't know, I'm gonna fuck shit up. And I, I, I understand the sentiment. Living in a very, very much a cishet world, I like feel that a lot. Um, mm. Where I'm just like, I'm really, I'm really tired of straight people. I'm really tired of other cis people. Um, mm. And I'm sorry, guys. I'm using terms. That I'm assuming people know, but maybe don't know. Um, so cis people are people who, and it's C-I-S. Um, so cis people, cisgender people are people who were, um, who feel comfortable with the birth, or sorry, the gender that was assigned to them at birth, or the sex that was assigned to them at birth. Um, whereas trans people do not feel like what was assigned to them at birth actually matches up with their gender. Um, so cis people are like, I'm cis, um, pack, I don't want to put labels on you, but you're probably cis as well. Um, it is like the way that our society functions, cis is what's considered, and this is an air quotes, like normal. Um, and trans people are considered abnormal, still in air quotes. Um, but you know, all of those, that type of thinking and the lines that draw from it are all very, very transphobic. Right. Um, so when you hear me say like women in this episode or men, um, I'm definitely referring to both cis and trans people. Um, and I'll probably only specify when I mean specifically like cis people, like when I said cis men are the worst, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like probably only specify that way. <laughs> Only that because you know, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> they are, um, especially the cis heads of the world. And by cis het, I mean someone who's cisgender and heterosexual. Oh, yeah. which is you, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's where we're at with that. Um, I forget if I said anything else that needed to be defined so far. I don't think so. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, you stop me if I say something that, like, you don't know. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, so when the police raided Stonewall, people fought back, right? They threw bricks. They threw bottles, rocks, garbage, garbage cans. They broke the windows. Um, they basically made sure that, like, they were fighting against this police. So not only is Stonewall a riot, but it's a a riot against police brutality. And I fucks with that hard, right? Mm. Um, Then, obviously, the police department, the NYPD, has, you know, not a great track record with, like, 
queer people or brown people or God forbid both. Um, so they send in a like tact- tactical patrol force um, mm-hmm. to try to like help the policemen that they say are trapped inside Stonewall. You know, they, these bitches could just leave and let people live their gay life, but I guess they're trapped. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess they're trapped. They could just like let people be themselves, but I guess they tra- are trapped. <laughs> um, but you know, like in typical gay fashion, like we're like they're mocking the police. They're, um, you know, very snide. Very, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm going to make you feel stupid for what you're doing. Um, I feel like gay people have like the sharpest tongues of any people I've ever met. All, all, <laughs> just because we have to, because we're constantly like yeah. talked down to. We're constantly mm-hmm. like made fun of in ways that just like you, you grow a thick skin and you grow some wit real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And so this, it really escalates Stonewall. It, like stays like a a riot, a siege, whatever you want to call it, for like two days, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that area around Christopher Street is definitely like I won't say a war zone, but it is like a place where things like our like police and the gay community are clashing. Mm. Yeah, so. It's um, it's an interesting moment in queer history. Um, I'm not doing it as much justice as various documentaries or podcasts or um, interviews with those people who are still alive. Like there are definitely mm-hmm. people who are at Stonewall who are still alive today um, right. would do. Mm-hmm. But it it it's what I would consider the kickoff for like the major civil rights movement for queer people in our country. Um, 1969. So, you know, it's interesting because I think when I think about my queerness, I think a lot about intersectionality. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, you know, 1969 is also another civil rights movement going on. But the idea that these black and brown queer people needed to start a riot means that even that black civil rights movement was leaving us out. Mm. right that they were and you you know if you talk to cis women in that movement of the black civil rights movement they'll be the first to tell you that eventually it felt like they were fighting for black cis men like Mm. in their rights and less Mm. so the rights for other marginalized people in the community but like stonewall really lets me know for sure that shit is true um Mm. because there would be no need for that if queer people had been like a black woman wouldn't have thrown a brick if queer people had been included in the the civil rights movement you know mm-hmm. um big c that we always call yeah but yeah so after stonewall a couple of like organizations pop up like the gay liberation front um the gay activist alliance uh, Pride starts in the, literally the next year, um, mm-hmm. so June 28th, 1970. Um, it's not actually called Pride uh, off top, right? It's called mm-hmm. the Christopher Street Liberation Day because um, mm-hmm. 
fuck 12. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it starts, it starts the next year, the year after, or the same year things are popping up in uh, Los Angeles and Chicago. And these three are the first gay pride marches in us history. Um, mm. Next year, it pops up in Boston, Dallas, Milwaukee. It goes uh, international with marches in London and Paris and West Berlin and Stockholm. Um, it's crazy. It spreads like wildfire. Um, mm. Because, I, I mean, if I'm tired of the way that queer people were treated in 2021, I can't imagine that shit in 1969. Yeah. You know, Definitely. like. If I'm absolutely just like floored by the way that cishet people treat queer people, I I couldn't imagine 1969. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, trans people too, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, even when I'm hearing other queer people who are black talk about um, Marsha P. Johnson. They like leave out the fact that she's trans, and so her experience mm. is not just the experience of a black queer woman, but the experience of a black trans queer woman who is absolutely experiencing a lot of a lot more discrimination than I, as a cis woman, do. Mm. Right, intersections are like incredibly important. I think when you're talking about anything, but for me, yeah. when I think about queerness. There's just a lot more to go into. Um, but, yeah. So, Stonewall really just sparks sparks everything, right? Like, queer rights, uh, civil rights organizations pop up all over the country. Um, and a lot of the Western world, like Canada, Australia, Western Europe. Um, I'm not really sure about other parts of the world um Mm. just because i'm not from those places Mm. um but i do know that and because like this history has been so whitewashed that i'm not really sure like if there were other civil rights movements for queer people in other communities before this happened or if they popped Mm -hmm. up afterwards because like people like you know it's america first i guess like we always Mm -hmm. talk about what happens here but we don't Mm -hmm. think about other things like um i feel like a lot of queer people talk about this civil rights movement as if it was like the first time queer people were started to be accepted into society and that's Mm -hmm. just like patently unfalse false because like in africa and here in the americas indigenous communities absolutely accepted and not even accepted but in some cases um showed great reverence to queer Mm. people and queer identities Mm. um like in ancient egypt there's lots of evidence and archaeological finds to show that like same-sex couples existed right there's Mm. a very famous um pharaoh who was probably trans right but we just Mm. the way that the history like when you you think about history you also have to think about um how history is told to us like obviously we know about whitewashing but i don't think a lot of people talk about straight washing Mm. right 
I don't even know if that's a term. If it is, I made it here. Don't steal my term. But, <laughs> <laughs> like straight, when you think about when you're looking at the history books, if you're not a queer person, certain things might escape you, right? Like you might not realize, like I think for this particular pharaoh and the name is escaping me, but straight historians have looked at this pharaoh for a, a long time and just been like wow she's a really powerful woman whoa cool mm-hmm. awesome right but then like queer historians started looking at this person and was like they might be trans wait like this might not actually be like they dress as a man to sh- so that people wouldn't know like this isn't a Mulan thing <laughs> like uh-huh. this actually uh-huh. might be someone who's trans speaking of Mulan right like Who's to say that that we just assume that mm-hmm. oh she she dressed up as a as a woman but I mean I know Mulan the, the Disney is not accurate but like right. the person that that's based off of could be trans who knows right yeah. um and I think that happens a lot in history where people try to pretend like gay people just popped up mm. and we've been here the whole time that straight people have right um. Gayness is like a naturally occurring phenomenon in the world. So been here just as long and we homophobia doesn't really go into a lot of these indigenous communities around the world until colonizers get there. Mm. Right. Like um, our Sri Sri Lankan friend was telling me about that. Right. Like that in her community that hadn't happened yet um, mm-hmm. until colonizers got there. I know that in a lot of African communities, that didn't happen until colonizers got there. Absolutely in um, indigenous American communities, for sure, right? Like that, that had not happened until colonizers were brought in. And it's interesting because not only did that shit not happen until colonizers got there, but the way that history is now being rewritten, it like almost white people want to be like black people are the most homophobic or like look at these people being homophobic in their cultures. Aren't they bad people? Not really realizing that homophobia was brought with them. Mm. Right. Um, So it's it's an interesting way to really look at the history of the world. But I I think that if you're straight, people don't really, I don't know, you tell me. Um, yeah. If, like, people actually look at the world in that way, right? Did, where did you think, when did you think homophobia started? I can't even... Is it something you even think about? No, not really. Yeah. And it's it's because it, I feel like as a queer person, it's something that I can't stop thinking about a lot of times. It's just like mm. how, like, I think about this racially, how different would it be if the white people had just stayed home? But I also <laughs> think about this <laughs> for real, like how different the world would be if they had just stayed at home. <laughs> like, <laughs> But I also think about that a lot in terms of my queerness, right? Like how different mm-hmm. the world would be if these white people had just like stayed in their lane and left other mm-hmm. people alone mm-hmm. and like, you know, kept their own insecurities to themselves. <laughs> I think for Korean history, it's really hard to tell. 
I feel like once Confucianism got to Korea, it was very, I don't know. It's like Korean version of whitewashing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot about the history of queer people in your community yeah. or in like Far East Asian communities in particular at all, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think homophobia is so great that we're not even there where, you know, scientists or archaeologists or anthropologists or whatnot they're not even looking at that sector yeah which is kind of wild to me because like yeah. like i said queer people are freaking everywhere um and mm-hmm. y- y- you can pretty much guarantee if you got a group of people above like i don't know 10 people you got a queer person you missed yeah um, I think I talked about this earlier in the podcast, but when I told this to you, when you're like, I don't know if I know any queer, fr- I have any queer Korean friends, or I know anybody who's mm-hmm. queer and Korean. Um, I'll say it again, but like, I, I definitely think that because I know queer people are everywhere, that if, yeah. if you don't know a queer person, or you don't know a queer person of your community, that doesn't mean you don't know one, that just means that someone isn't comfortable telling mm. you about it mm-hmm. um and that's probably the case i guess from what you told me about mm-hmm. a lot of places in korea right that yeah. there there's absolutely a shit ton of queer people in korea like oh there, yeah, I, definitely. I'm, I'm no doubt right yeah. but there's also probably like a lot of queer people in everyone's circle that no one knows yep are queer yep which is fucking lame like um yep. Like, uh, you know when you were telling me about your your aunts who never got married or in their 40s? Mm-hmm. The first thing that popped into my head is gay. Gay. That's what I constantly think of. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, that sounds gay as shit. <laughs> I, have, I have some cousins who never married, mm-hmm. who doesn't even date. So I'm pretty sure she might be. But, yeah. you know, like, you just don't talk about it because it's such a taboo topic like it's not it's not even allowed still to be gay to be yourself which which is like fucking wild because it's like Uh why can you yeah we'll we'll ask you the straight person today (laughs) why do straight people care what is happening in someone's I don't don't know I don't know because like I'll be the first thing to say, like, every time someone tries to talk to me about straight sex, I'm like, ugh, God, get away from me. (laughs) And it's not like, in a like, I don't, you know, I'm like, straight sex is bad. But I'm like, that's not my cup of tea, so I'm not going to worry about it. (laughs) Exactly. So I just need to understand why straight people have to do the reverse, because, ugh, you know, I'm just... you know, we we straight people are very insecure with <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> They're I, like, I'm, if you're different from me, that means you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I still can't understand why anyone would care what's happening in someone else's bedroom mm. or not happening mm. in someone's bedroom. Mm. 
you know? Like, I just... I don't know. Yeah, think I don't makes know. Yeah. It's like... It's like, bro. I feel like, okay, also the most homophobic people I know are people mm-hmm. that, like, queer people wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we, we'd just be like, absolutely not. Uh, like, mm-mm, get it together. Absolutely not. Um, so it's it's very weird to me that that is a thing. I'm just like, is it, is it one of those things, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I, I've had a very weird experience with homophobia in my life in that, mm. like, a lot of the people who have been the most homophobic to me have ended up being queer themselves or mm. have ended up being, like, blatant Trump supporters. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, like, the biggest bully in our high school who bullied, like, these two queer girls um, is absolutely... Uh, super super duper gay now. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, you did protest a lot. It, it seems <laughs> to track here. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes sense. You you mm-hmm. do seem really gay. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So that's pride. Pride is absolutely a response to homophobia, discrimination, police brutality, um, and, you know, all of these things still exist for the queer community. Like, these things are still happening um, with the queer community. Um, trans people are still the most, like, the least protected in our community, in particular, like, black and brown trans people. Um mm-hmm. Black trans women die at such a higher rate than any other group of people, um, it just disproportionately. Um, mm. I don't know what the number is currently today in June, but last time I checked, maybe like a month ago, it was something like 26 black trans women have been murdered um, oh. in 2021 already. Um, <sighs> so I'm sure that it's higher. I'm also sure that the... It's literally higher because oftentimes when people report about the deaths of trans people, they dead name them, which dead naming is basically using the name that is not their real name. Like it's a name maybe that isn't legally on their birth certificate or on their documents or shit like that, but it's not like their name. It's not their chosen name. Um, and so oftentimes when people report about trans murders or trans deaths or suicides, they'll use the name that is on that legal document that their parents gave them versus like mm. their actual name, um, mm. which is like, you know, really just dehumanizing and unnecessary, um, mm. like takes nothing to respect someone like the dead naming thing always like grinds my gears because it's like if we as a, a society can understand that my name is Jessica but I prefer to be called Jesse or mm-hmm. my name is Jessica and I prefer sometimes to be called JJ because it's Jessica Jackson why the mm-hmm. fuck can't we decide to call someone the name that they want to be called mm-hmm. when they want to be called if mm-hmm. we, I can call somebody Richard and it be a nickname or sorry Dick and it be a ri- nickname for Richard y'all can figure out how to not dead name someone mm. 
like if Peg is a nickname for Margaret, y'all can figure that shit out. <laughs> how how did that happen? Listen, hmm. like if that if y'all can figure out that Peggy is a nickname for Margaret, y'all can figure out how not to dead name someone. <laughs> Just putting that out there. If we can figure out how to pronounce all these intricate, weird ass like um Norwegian shit and Scandinavian shit and like what the fuck is that name? German names. Mm-hmm. Y'all can figure out how not to dead name someone. You just are choosing not mm-hmm. to. Um, mm-hmm. And the same goes with someone's pronouns, right? Um, like if someone tells you like use these specific pronouns for me, then mm-hmm. use those pronouns for them. And who the fuck cares what you want to call them? Yep. Literally, like it's that simple. Like. If I if I woke up tomorrow and I said I'm going to use they them pronouns, I would expect everyone in my fa- my life to start using those pronouns. Would would I expect you to fuck up occasionally because you were used to using other pronouns for me? Absolutely, mm-hmm. but I would definitely expect everyone to fucking put their best foot forward mm. and keep pushing. Like it's not. I feel like when we when we talk about queer issues. We get caught up in little ones like that, which are, like, the bare minimum you can do for queer people. Yeah. Literally. Like, you you can use the correct name for them and the correct pronouns for them. Like, mm. that's the bare minimum. You're actually not doing jack shit. Like, don't think you are by doing that. Mm. That's literally, like, the bare minimum. Mm. So... You know, um, I also think that what a lot of cis people can do, um, myself included, right, uh, is like normalize using pronouns, right? Mm. Like I, whenever I enter a new Zoom space, for instance, I put my pronouns in my – I rename myself and put my pronouns, mm. right? Or like it's on my Instagram profile what my pronouns mm. are. Uh, our pronouns on our podcast are there. Right. Like if you go to our Instagram, you'll see that it says my name with my pronouns and Pac's name with her pronouns. Right. Like it is super simple to just like start like trans people, non-binary people shouldn't be the only ones who are using pronouns. Right. Or who are, are, are saying like these are my pronouns. If everyone just got used to saying like, hey, my pronouns are this. Um, it would be a lot simpler for everyone. It would make people who fall under those identities, right, more accepted. Mm. And it's literally the bare minimum. I cannot stress that enough. Like, there is absolutely no – there's no downside to respecting people's identities. Mm -hmm. Like, none. Yeah, why are they so resistant to you? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. We got we've got people in our school that do that, right? Like um, <laughs> who won't let, who refuse to identify a student by their proper like pronouns, who dead name students repeatedly, even though it's in the system that like this student yep. prefers to be called this name. Um, yep, and it's just. It's so unnecessary or like refuse to let a student go to a specific locker room because they don't think that that student deserves to be in that locker room. Who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck are you? Um, so, you know, uh, again, 
bare minimum. If you take nothing away from this, it's like, you can do that. You can all do that tomorrow. You can do that right now as you're listening to me bitch you out. You mm-hmm. can go on your Instagram right now and put in your pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, you can start making that a habit. Like, hi, I'm Jesse. My pronouns are she and her. How are you? Mm. Right? It's it's like that simple. It doesn't I feel like at first when I was first introduced to pronouns, um, it felt weird. Like cause that, to me, this happened when I was like 18, 19. Um, mm. and at Wesleyan, maybe my second first, second day, um, like someone started to explain pronouns to me. Um, and it did feel weird. Like with never having been exposed to the idea that there are other pronouns besides she, her, he, him that people want to be called. Um, mm. But it's not rocket science either. Like it felt weird. And I was like, then someone was like, well, it just makes someone feel better about themselves and more comfortable in their identity. I was like, cool, say less. What do you want to be called? It is that simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like the Like, I think I just said earlier in this episode, I don't think I'll ever understand the trans experience, but that doesn't mean I don't, I can't support it. Mm. Right. That doesn't mean I can't be like an accomplice in their, their struggle. I just, Mm. you know, I'll never experience it and that's okay. But like, I got you. And Mm. I think that if a lot of more straight people did that with the queer community at large, we would be better off. Right. Then, you know, the bare minimum is good pronoun using pronouns and not dead naming people and not being outwardly homophobic. It is not co-opting our pride marches. Mm. It is not turning our pride marches into a commercialized capitalistic party. Oh god. Yep. You know, like that's not the bare minimum. That's cultural appropriation. Hi. <laughs> and if you guys could not do that this Sunday. That would be dope. You know, like mm-hmm. if you could leave uh, Pride for the Queers, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So if you guys have any questions about anything that we've talked about, or if you would like us to make an episode about a specific identity or a specific group of identities, maybe you would like to hear more about attractions and how those play out in your in your everyday life let us know send us a dm send us a voice message and we will do that 